You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. And now, a message from Cyberbit. Mastering cybersecurity is like mastering a sport. You build muscle memory through rigorous practice. Then you train as a team to foster cohesion while operating under pressure. Like athletes, cybersecurity professionals thrive on hands-on simulation. But traditional courses, certifications, and open-source labs won't build you a winning team. You need Cyberbit. Cyberbit offers a hyper-realistic simulation environment for your SOC, IR, and C-suite to refine your skills. All using the market-leading SIMs, EDRs, firewalls, and WAFs they use every day. Cyberbit is offering CyberWire listeners a free live fire exercise. Sign up your team now at cyberbit.com slash cyberwire. South Korea accuses the North of more cyber espionage, this time against railroads. FireEye says it thinks advanced governments around the world may have built vulnerabilities into industrial control systems. Maybe it could happen. Criminal gangs ramp up their use of ransomware and get more agile in distributing it. Tax season phishing rises, and the IRS seems to have another problem with knowledge-based authentication. And as concerns about the Internet of Things persist, we hear from Accenture's Malek Ben Salem, who tells us about embedded device security. I'm Dave Bittner in Baltimore with your CyberWire summary for Wednesday, March 9th, 2016. The Republic of Korea issues another complaint about North Korean cyber operations, an attempt to access South Korean railroad workers' email. The goal was unclear, but the DPRK is thought to have been out to compromise transportation control systems. This is an old-school approach to an attack on industrial control systems, although such old-school approaches to credential harvesting can apparently work. Witness the much-discussed attack on Ukraine's power grid back in December. But FireEye has raised a more disturbing possibility, the prospect that advanced cyber powers have already built latent vulnerabilities into industrial control systems with a view to holding them in reserve for future exploitation. As presented, this is more a possibility than a conclusion based on specific evidence, and so should no doubt be partially discounted as FUD. But on the other hand, it is a disturbing possibility. A study of the success ISIS continues to enjoy with respect to information operations, and in particularly with its messaging, suggests that the claim to control and govern territory is central to that success. The Institute for the Study of War sees a high degree of coordination in ISIS messaging, and given the caliphate's concentration on inspiration, its relatively primitive technical cyber chops matter not a rap. IBM mulls the significance of JavaScript-based ransomware as seen in Ransom32. Attackers can use this approach to achieve significant infections without needing to reach the underlying operating systems. But the trend is disturbing in two respects. First, it constitutes a cross-platform threat. Although Ransom32 has so far been observed only in Windows machines, that situation can't reasonably be expected to persist. Second, it's being offered as a service, and it can be used by criminals with only minimal technical ability, which suggests easy proliferation, and there will always be plenty of soft targets available for attack. 
One of the reasons the Key Ranger Mac ransomware is attracting so much more attention than the damage it's done or the risk it poses would seem to merit is that Key Ranger demonstrates the black market's turn toward platforms that had previously been immune to ransomware attacks, or if not immune, then at least overlooked. Webroot's discussion of the trend toward polymorphic malware, inherently much more difficult to detect by legacy signature-based approaches, would also seem to bear out the growing sophistication of cybercriminals. It also suggests that the trend on the part of security vendors to offer detection based on behavior is probably well-founded on current threat realities. A study by Dambala shows other ways criminals are evading legacy detection techniques. The gangs are becoming increasingly mobile with respect to their infrastructure. Dambala found in an eight-month study of pony loader malware that the controllers used, quote, 281 domains and more than 120 IPs spread across 100 different ISPs, end quote. It's tax season in the U.S., and the news isn't particularly good. But then tax news rarely is good news, right? At any rate, the Internal Revenue Service sustained a major breach last year, and part of its attempt to make the victims whole was assigning them identity protection pins to be used as an additional layer of security when filing tax returns. Unfortunately, the system that distributed the pins has also been compromised, and the IRS has taken it offline. Some 800 stolen pins have been used to file fraudulent returns. Phishing of companies for tax information also continues. Snapchat, Seagate, Mansueto Ventures, and RightSide have all been targeted. Point-of-sale malware remains a problem, particularly in the hospitality sector. Rosen Hotels and Resorts discloses that it's discovered a malware infection that has affected card processing over the past 17 months. The Florida-based chain is notifying its customers. Yesterday was Patch Tuesday, and many major companies issued fixes to issues in their software. The list of those patching includes, of course, industry leader Microsoft, and also Google, Adobe, Mozilla, Facebook, and SAP. Admins face their customary busy time of the month, and observers have begun to wonder whether patching has begun to outgrow most enterprises, and even more so, most users' ability to keep up with it. IBM says that its anticipated layoffs are by no means going to be as extensive as some companies interested in recruiting spooked IBM workers are leading people to believe. The Apple Department of Justice dispute in the U.S. continues to have fallout for parties not directly concerned. Despite Secretary of Defense Carter's strongly expressed support for strong encryption and equally strongly expressed aversion to backdoors, observers see Silicon Valley as still spooked by invitations to cooperate with the Department of Defense. It's worth noting that one of the other five eyes, Britain's GCHQ, has echoed the U.S. NSA's similar position on encryption and backdoors. One watches for this declaration's effect on British industry. In the matter of the FBI's call for a government OS to unlock the San Bernardino jihadist iPhone, Apple has ramped up its PR offensive by claiming that acceding to the FBI's request would place much else at risk, including power grid control systems. The Department of Justice has appealed a related decision in a New York case in which the presiding magistrate rejected its request under the All Writs Act for similar assistance in unlocking a phone. And finally, if you've ever wondered which U.S. states distribute the most spam, Komodo will tell you what it sees as it blocks. Numbers 1 and 2 are no surprise. They are respectively populous and coastal California and New York. But number 3 is in the heartland, Utah. Who knew? Every day, your IAM tech debt grows. Your multi-generational services struggle to work together. Building an identity fabric can fix this. 
It makes all your identity tooling stronger and allows you to connect any app to any service you want to use with zero coding, zero maintenance, and zero app downtime. Strata's identity orchestration platform separates the identity logic from your applications, so you can optimize existing IAM tools and manage them in a single control plane. Now, every vendor, standard, and architecture work together. In short, building your identity fabric means you can secure your non-standard apps, keep your complex access policies, retire outdated IDPs, and modernize in record time. So build your fabric with Strata Identity and get rid of tech debt for good. Visit strata.io slash cyberwire, share your identity priorities, and receive a pair of AirPods Pro. Offer valid for organizations over 5,000 employees. Connect today at strata.io slash cyberwire. The IT world used to be simpler. You only had to secure and manage environments that you controlled. Then came new technologies and new ways to work. Now, employees, apps, and networks are everywhere. This means poor visibility, security gaps, and added risk. That's why Cloudflare created the first-ever connectivity cloud. Visit cloudflare.com to protect your business everywhere you do business. Malek Ben Salem is the R&D Manager for Security at Accenture Technology Labs, one of our academic and research partners. I know some of the research that you all are doing uh, has to do with embedded device security and some of the unique challenges with embedded devices. Absolutely. As you know, especially with the advent of the Internet of Things, uh, embedded devices are becoming increasingly connected. Uh, they're being deployed uh, in remote areas where they're exposed to tampering by adversaries, uh, and it's hard to protect them uh, using the traditional mechanisms of protection uh, that we rely on, where we assume that the adversary does not have physical access to the device. Uh, and this is particularly important in, in the healthcare sector. So think about a hospital. You know, anybody could go in pretty much, and they can go into any patient room. They can, they have access to the medical devices deployed there. And, you know, if they have a malicious intent, they may be able to modify what the medical device does and, uh, you know, introduce significant damage to the patient. So if someone has an IV pump that's uh, giving them some dose of medication, someone could alter that machine and and cause serious trouble. Absolutely, yeah. So tell us about some of the work that you're doing in that area. So in order to uh, protect against those types of uh, attacks and tampering with the devices, we partnered with uh, Johns Hopkins University with their uh, Healthcare Security uh, Institute, and we tried to come up with security mechanisms that would detect any tampering with the devices. Um, It relies on uh, profiling how a security device works in a particular Mode and we build a, a sort of a, a control flow graph that's dynamically built while that device is operating in that mode. And then in real time, um, we detect if the device starts behaving differently 
you know, basically deviates from the profile that we built for that device. And if we detect such deviation, uh, we can either alert the security administrator or uh, just if in emergency cases we can stop the device from working. So when we built our prototype, we were focused on an infusion pump. Uh, but you could apply this to pretty much any uh, embedded security device. Malek Ben Salem from Accenture Labs, thanks for joining us. Are lengthy security reviews pulling attention away from your security program? With the largest network of trust centers, Vanta can help you streamline security reviews to win customer trust, save time, and close deals fast. Proactively demonstrate security by showcasing key resources like your SOC 2 or ISO 27001 and provide real-time evidence for passing controls. And when a security questionnaire is required, Vanta takes the first pass for you. Visit vanta.com slash cyber to take a self-serve tour. That's vanta.com slash cyber. And that's the CyberWire. We are proudly produced in Maryland by our talented team of editors and producers. I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. And now, a word from our sponsor, Zscaler, the leader in cloud security. Cyber attackers are using AI in creative ways to compromise users and breach organizations. In a security landscape where you must fight AI with AI, the best AI protection comes from having the best data. Zscaler has extended its zero-trust architecture with powerful AI engines that are trained and tuned by 500 trillion daily signals. Learn more about Zscaler Zero Trust plus AI to prevent ransomware and AI attacks. Experience your world secured. Visit zscaler.com slash zero trust AI.